Well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Zero Tackle have been after Dan and I for years now. Uh, people have been demanding more Terry, more Dan. So here we are. Zero Tackle brings you the knock on. Mate, it's about time we took over yet another YouTube channel. I'm excited because we're here yeah. to talk about more than just the sharks, although a little bit of sharks, but more than just the sharks. I don't really want to talk about them, which is why this is exciting. Now, Terry, we're going to start with the handover, which we'll just explain for the first, obviously being the first show, of hopefully many, many, many shows to come. What we're going to do is we've got three big talking points that have happened between when we last recorded Outlaws and today. Maybe a bit of crossover, who knows? Three or four minutes, just quick fire. We won't keep the people too long. But we have three fire points tonight, and I think we might disagree on one or two. Now, the first one, Dan, is Valentine Holmes and Jack DeBellin both suspended. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest here. I don't watch St. George games anymore because they just bore me. I didn't see the Jack DeBellin incident live. I saw a replay of it, and I thought, eh, you know what? Pretty fair outcome if he's, if he's going to the judiciary. When I found out he was going to fight the charge, I nearly fell off my chair. I thought it, it couldn't get any worse than that. You fast forward to Sunday and Valentine Holmes hits a bloke directly in the face and I thought it was going to be a send-off for sure because the referee goes, it was direct contact, it was forceful, you're on report and you're in the bin for 10. Like, where's... <laughs> then he went to the judiciary in charge. Whoever advised these guys got a horribly wrong, horribly wrong. There is no way either of them could have confidently said that they were going to the judiciary to fight this charge. My only thinking for Valentine Holmes is maybe that he picked up a niggle in his shoulder and was like, you know, what, three or four weeks off would probably do me a lot of good. Look, look, that's potentially the only thing I can think of because reading the, the summation of what went through with the uh, with the Val segment we'll start with, with the Val incident rather, he went in. It took them half an hour. They were unanimous and said, don't waste our time. I think it was three times they pulled the, the council up representing the Cowboys and said, look, that's not how we do it here. So they, they had no idea from the start. I think, like you said, I think it was all or nothing. Three or four weeks, doesn't really matter. But without our best centre and one of our best players, regardless, either way, let's test it out. Going back to Debellin, though, the incident was so innocuous, no one knew what the penalty was for in the first place. Going back and seeing it, you're like, oh, it's pretty bad. Now, his rap sheet's pretty terrible. We can make all the jokes in the world, but he has a long rap sheet on field. So that that all adds into it, add to the severity of it, the injury suffered, et cetera, et cetera. The fact he was seen mid three or four weeks for Dragons, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. But the one positive is, Terry, is that he'll be back in time for the finals. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. For Valentine Holmes, he now, because the Cowboys have a buy. He doesn't play until week one of the finals. And because the Cowboys lost that game to the Titans, they're now in the fight of their life to even make the finals. So this could be a really, really costly mistake. If I'm the Cowboys, man, like, I'm probably ruining that. I don't know if they went there to get him completely off or look for a downgrade, but whatever they did, it was wrong. Absolutely wrong. Now, well, Cowboys, Gonski, someone. Now, Dan, in some, some great news to, to everyone in NRL, doesn't matter who you go for, Ryan Pappenhausen named in Queensland Cup for the first time in 384 days since his knee exploded. Uh, I'm going to say I'm happy to have Pat back. Absolutely. We've been looking for, looking for this for weeks. There was talks he was coming back eight weeks ago and unfortunately, you know, suffered a setback. As you said, like, we make light. His knee literally exploded. It was one of the worst incidences I've ever seen on a football field. Was horror. There was talk his career might be over, like legitimate threats to his career. 
I'm I'm super happy to see him back. But I'll tell you who's not happy. The Sunshine Coast opponents this week, because not only is Ryan Pappenhausen running out, but so is a certain centre named Justin Olam. You couldn't pay me enough to play in that game, but Pat's no, back no. fantastic. Yeah, no, if, if I was the centre in this game, I would have done a Valentine Holmes and gone to the judiciary and got myself suspended for four weeks. But look, going back to Ryan Pappenhausen, the best thing about him being, well, not only him being back, but he's been keeping everybody updated on a week-to-week basis. He's been putting his own videos, his own rehab videos. But when journalists have come out and said, oh, you know, Pappenhausen is going to be back in two weeks or four weeks, he's literally just nailed him and said, no, go away. And all this has proven now is that Dean Ritchie is an absolute spoofer and said that he was going to be back, you know, three months ago. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm so happy that he's back. As you said, the, the Sunshine Coast, whoever their opponents are, they're not going to be looking forward to that. Book him in for a double. I reckon he's going to score. Now, I, I, I saw something today that said that they get about – 1,500 people to their game, and apparently now it's sold out and people are still inquiring, how can we get there? So this is going to be huge. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know who you'd be more excited to see back if you're a Storm fan, Pappenhausen or Olam, but coming into the finals, you never know. I was exactly going to ask you, if Pappenhausen plays well, and it'll take him two or three weeks, will he come back and play finals, you reckon? If if he's right, you have to play Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah, the, the the Storm this year have named some, like, strange players on their bench when they haven't needed to. They had a game this year where they had three hookers. So if Craig, if, if anyone can find a spot for Ryan Pappenhausen and make it work, it's Craig Bellamy. And you've also got to remember that Nico Hines in 2020, you know, didn't play a minute in the final series, got himself a premiership ring. So now in some strange signing news, Dan, the Canterbury Bulldogs have signed their 37th and 38th player of the last fortnight uh, in Jamin Salmon and Blake Taff. Now, you and I were on Outlaws saying that a couple of teams should have taken a punt on Blake Taff. He's a he's a tremendous talent. Um, I think the Bulldogs is the right, the right move for him, but I don't know if he's going to play fullback. And if they've brought him in as a utility or a six, I think they're doing it wrong. If they've brought him in and said to Stephen Crichton, hey, we've paid you you know, an enormous amount of money, but we're going to start you in the centres, then it's a great move. But I don't see the plan for him. You've committed all this money to Stephen Crichton. You've re-signed Matt Burton and you've just got Toby Sexton. Now, Sexton and Burton look really good together. They look really, really good together. They haven't lost a game where Toby Sexton has played 80 minutes. So I, I like the Blake Taft signing for them. I still think the Tigers should have pipped them. Um, and right now looking at the dire straits in Cronulla's halves, I wish we'd got him to play six. Uh, so I, I think it's I think it's a it could be it, that's the potential to be a good move. Look, Jamin Salmon, I think he is a he's very lucky that he plays for the Panthers. And he's very lucky that, you know, he's he's in that system right now because if he was a Tigers player, no one would want him. I couldn't agree more. I just want to go back quickly to what you said that they've signed so many players. You've referenced it before. It feels like Gus Gould's playing championship manager. He's signing everyone. He's going to work it out later. I've always said, Terry, that the key to winning a premiership is having 30 utility players. And, of course, I say that in jest because it's downright ridiculous. They're, they're also linked to Connor Watson. Now, I, I think that, you know, okay, they're all good players and they're all capable of certain things, but if they're paying Stephen Crichton the better part of a million dollars, and that's reportedly what he's on to play in the centres, when he signed to play fullback to get out of the centres, 
I, I just don't see a way it's going to work. Now, I think, obviously, Bronson's area is coming in, so he and Stephen Crichton could be a killer superstar. Yeah. Very, well, very I, don't, I don't think Zeri is going to start the season. Uh, I think you'll start it in New South Wales Cup. They'll start Paul Alamodi, and then they'll realise that he's not real good, and they'll bring Bronson's area in. There's, I don't know where Taft fits in, but I like him at fullback if Crichton plays half. And look, Salmon, I think if he's u- utility, then stop signing utilities. Now, Terry, everybody knows that you like to talk. And I love to hear you talk because let's let's face it, it's brilliant knowledge. So what I'm going to do, mate, is I've come up with a segment. This is all me, definitely not someone sitting in the waiting room producing us right now, all me who's come up with Terry Sinbin. What I'm going to do, mate, is I'm going to mute my microphone. I'm going to give you three minutes to talk about whatever you feel like, whether I agree or disagree. I'm not going to say anything. The floor is yours, my friend. We're going to start this week with everybody's favourite topic, uh, the referees. Now, I'm not going to sit here and, and bag them for every call or every indiscretion or what they get right or what they don't get wrong. What I'm going to bag them for, though, is the inconsistencies. And I think it comes from the NRL and the top down. And we see all these crack, you know, the, the crackdowns that happen every week. You're not allowed to head high someone. You're not allowed to punch someone. You're not allowed to hip drop someone. You're not allowed to chicken wing someone. There's all these different crackdowns and they just seem to go away. They've ruined magic round during COVID by saying any little touch to the head is a sin bin and if it's a forceful uh, touch to the head, you're going to get sent off. And then you didn't really know what was going to be a sin bin or a send off for a while because some of the most innocuous hits were being sent off just because of this crackdown. And then I'll take it back to uh, 2022, the Cronulla Sharks against the New Zealand Warriors Reese Walsh steps Will Kennedy, who sticks his hand out and clotheslines Reese Walsh and instantly knows that he's gone. And everyone at the ground knows that Will Kennedy is, is about to get sent off. And rightly so. You take that to Sunday afternoon, four o'clock, up at Gold Coast Seabus Stadium, Valentine Holmes, shoulder charge directly to the face of Jaden Campbell. Now, the worst part about this is the penalty was called four tackles later. They had to go back. The video referee was able to intervene. They took it back down the field. They put Valentine Holmes on report and they sent him to the sim bin. And you're sitting to yourself thinking, what was the point of this crackdown three years ago if one of the most brutal shoulder charges to the face that has seen someone get suspended for four weeks was epoxy 10 minutes in the bin? Now, Jane Campbell didn't even go for HIA either was able to stay on the field. We've seen people get slapped in the balls and have to take a HIA. Now, that's the first inconsistency. The second one is the hip drop. The hip drop became the big thing a couple of weeks ago. It was, oh, any hip drops an automatic 10 minutes in the bin. It's barely reported these days. Hardly reportable offence. And in fact, if it happens six or seven tackles later, the referee gets away with it and says, oh, you know what, actually we'll put you on report for this one. You don't know what's going to happen every week. The last one is Big Tino from the Gold Coast. With his forearm, his bumpers. Now, Tino is my height, 198 centimetres, 200 centimetres tall, whatever Tino's measuring in at. And he's got his bumpers up. And unfortunately for Api Corusau, he got clocked in the face and got his jaw broken. And that was the one that people took the greatest offence to when that was the one where Tino did absolutely nothing wrong. Then you get a couple of weeks later 
Antino palms Mitch Moses in the face and the referee blows a penalty against him and Mitch Moses is there going, where's the bin? Where's the bin? Why are you going to sin bin him? He wasn't even cited. He wasn't even fined for that. It's a lottery these days in what's going to happen, just like square markers or not square markers, just like your six-again rule that you don't know what you've done wrong. That's my sin bin. Everyone should get in it. Now, Dan, you and I, mates, best mates, some would say, but sometimes you carry on like a dropkick. So I've given you your own segment this week called Dan's Dropkick. I'm going to mute my microphone and the floor is yours. Mate, thank you so much for the, the backhanded compliment, very backhanded just quietly. Now, I'm going to use this to get a little bit of emotion now because I'm a very emotional person, especially when it comes to rugby league. Something's upset me this week, Terry. Some may say even angered me, and that is the Melbourne Storm. Now, for those that missed Outlaws this week, shame on you. Make sure you go on and, and watch, please. I went in pretty hard on the Melbourne Storm's decision to celebrate their ill-gotten premierships. You know, 2007, 2009, the Asterix premierships, the ones that no longer exist. If you look it up, you look up premiers, there's no one there for those years because of the Melbourne Storm systematically cheating the cap. Years either side of that too, but those were the two that we'll focus on today. Now, okay, they made an error. You've had two players of significance. You know, Cam Smith, arguably the best player of all time, certainly in the top few. You know, if Joey Johns isn't, it's probably Ken Smith, a bloke who's played a 1,000 NRL games, Captain Queensland, Captain Australia. There's no more respected player. For all the jokes we make, oh, he's a grub, this and that, it's Ken Smith. He came out and said, you don't understand, the player's this, the player's that. Okay, whatever, you know, he's a storm man. I get it. Billy Slater, who, you know, is possibly a top three fullback of all time, certainly in the top five or six. Well-respected, a footy pundit, probably the only bloke on the Sunday footy show that I can watch put a sentence together and think, you know what, that's, yeah, I agree or I disagree. Queensland coach, you know, probably the next Storm coach, a bloke of significant standing in the game, came out and doubled down and said, oh, well, it was an in-house thing. Like people, like everyone in the world doesn't have a video on their camera now or, you know, on their phone rather and post it on the internet. It was pretty much live stream. There were so many people there showing the uh, the pre-announced unveiling of these ill-gotten premierships. Now, okay, look, they're, they're right. The players did turn up. The players did win the premiership. But again, Terry, I go back to the fact that I could go to a height contest uh, at any preschool in the game, in the world, pick any any in the world and win that, that height contest. I'm the tallest guy here. But I cheated because I'm in my 30s. They don't seem to care. And it just, the arrogance, just the the doubling down of, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but you cheated. Yeah, but you wouldn't have got that if you didn't cheat. And I can say it because they've been found guilty of this multiple times over. You know, everyone knows that they paid for zero points that year. You know, they got a wooden spoon, which was hilarious, but doesn't make up for what they did. You know, they still get to keep their boats. They still get to keep their, you know, their, their premiership medals. They get all their stats. Now, I'm not saying we should go to Cam Smith. Oh, you know, you played, what, 400 games, but 120 of them don't count. That would be ridiculous. But in terms of the team overall, they were over the cap. Yes, they won, but they should never have won because they went around the rules. Melbourne do not seem to understand this, or they do and they don't care. Now, as you mentioned on Outlaws again, some fans have come out and said, this is really embarrassing. Stop it. 
leave us out of this. Other fans are doubling down and going, well, you're just jealous. Yeah, look, we could go and sign, you know, every player in the world, win a premiership, get it stripped in five years and celebrate like we won. Doesn't make it any less ill-gotten. So, Melbourne, shame on you. Shame on you. Dan. Talk to me, Terry. Hey. Uh, New segment, obviously on a very new show. We're going to do the set restart. We've picked some talking points of the week. Maybe not as controversial as the games that we've been talking about. Uh, But we're going to give it, like the quick fire, just give it a quick rundown. And you can give us the intro, Dan. Over to you. Look, absolutely. The first one is that uh, yesterday, by the time this comes out, NRL and NRLW Grand Final tickets are on sale. And, mate, did you rush to buy some tickets? No. Well, that would make two of us because, one, Cronulla aren't going to play, and, two, I need both my kidneys. Have you seen the prices of these things? Ridiculous. Again, no, I have not. I uh, I got the I got the code in my inbox and just thought, oh, that's cute. Uh, Cronulla aren't making a grand final this year. I ain't going to it. So, no, I don't know, but uh, humour me. So there are a couple of thousand $50 tickets right up the back in the very, very corners. Then there's a family fun zone that's in the hundreds and everything else might as well be a million dollars because it's out of reach for most fans. Now, Terry, I'm like you. I didn't buy tickets because my worst fear is that I'm going to be stuck watching Penrith first Melbourne and I'd rather not watch that at home. Thank you very much. Mm. Yuck. Yeah, no, I look, as, as someone who has uh, been to a fair few grand finals in my time, last one, 2016, the prices have just gone up and up and up. And now I'm starting to feel like the product quality that we're getting out on the field is going down and down and down. So uh, even if Cronulla were a shot at making the grand final this year, I'd probably wait till the last minute to try and get a ticket. That's what I did in 2016. But uh, from a negative to a positive, we've seen the NRLW kick off two weeks ago and we have two teams sitting atop the competition as undefeated, the West Tigers and the Gold Coast Titans. Two of the teams that were um, probably not favoured to go overly well in the Tigers' case. I think the Titans have started probably one game better than I would have expected. But, uh, mate, our girls, our Sharky girls, one from one, what are your thoughts so far? One from oh, two. look, I, I have to say this. Going into the season, I, you know, talking to you, I really wanted to get you know get behind the NRLW this year, not just the Sharks, even though that we've got the girls in there this year, but I've kind of been pretty slack in terms of watching it um, for the past couple of years. Um and before she signed with Cronulla, hot take, I didn't know who Emma Tonegado was. So this is just a casual fan turning into a big fan now. And listening to people like Ruan Sims and Alana Ferguson who are involved in the game and Tasha Gale, let's just say this, they're not surprised that the Gold Coast Titans are 2-0. In fact, Tasha Gale did say that the Gold Coast Titans were her smoky to make the finals. So it's not a surprise to them. So therefore, it's not a surprise to me. What is a surprise to me is that the West Tigers, some team from the West Tigers, are actually winning games. The girls' team, I think in round one, had seven rookies mm-hmm. because of you know what the expansion was like into the competition. They were able to bring some girls up from the Harvey Norman and from the Tasha Gale competition, which is fantastic. But to everybody's surprise, the Tigers are atop of the competition and don't look like slowing down at any time soon. Now, I get it. They scored two tries when Cronulla had a player in the sim bin and no points were scored either side of that. But you can only play what's in front of you and you can only beat your opponents. Now, Cronulla beat them 26-6 to six in the in the trial game a few weeks beforehand and they reversed that result 10-0. So congratulations to them. What a huge effort. What have you thought about the opening 
rounds of the NRLW. Oh, huge fan. I have watched pretty religiously. Um, full disclosure, I'll, you put jerseys on anyone at any age and I'll watch it. I'm just obsessed with the sport and I haven't got a whole lot else, much else going on elsewhere. Terry, uh, mate, I've loved it. Obviously, the Sharks being there is, is maybe double and triple down on it and that I'm very, very excited. What has surprised me, Terry, is that last year's grand finals, the Parramatta Eels, albeit they have been ravaged mainly by Cronulla, let's face it, for their half-back, their superstar centre and some you know some forwards especially. But um, they're going winless and probably looking favourites to, to finish last. But the Brisbane Broncos haven't won a game either. And they have held most of their stars and actually recruited really well. So, mate, from here, like you said, Tasha Gale, with the greatest respect, probably knows a little bit more about the game than me, and I'm happy to concede that. So, um, so far, so good. Let's hope the Sharks get a win this weekend. But um, I just want the game to keep on keeping on. Now, that Parramatta team that made the grand final last year, they scraped into the finals I think, by the, the skin of their teeth. They won one game and then got into the finals and beat the Roosters, the red-hot Roosters. Um, with the Broncos, they've been a little bit unlucky in the fact that they've taken on the Roosters in round one, who are the competition favourites, um, although were upset on the weekend, I do believe. Yes. And and then they've also lost to the Gold Coast Titans in a golden point thriller, and what a field goal it was. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I think, you know, this is what I love about this sport, the unpredictability of it. It's still in its infancy. We've got expansion of 10 teams now, you know, we're, we're hearing there's going to be expansion in two or three years' time into the competition again. I can't wait. It, it's just – it's growing now. It's very, very good. But uh, moving on to our old mates, across the uh, – across many bridges, the Manly Seagulls, you know, they're, they're launching a late-season charge for the finals. Let's be honest, a couple of wins in a row. They look real good. But it looks like Lady Luck is not shining as Taniela Paseca. Looks like he might miss possibly the season. Josh Alloy, who was actually playing quite well, despite, the, again, the off-field jokes and whatever, we'll leave that alone. Tua Pilotto is actually out uh, two or three weeks, injured on the weekend, so they lose a superstar out wide. And, of course, Tommy Turbo. Are injuries going to quell Manly's charge or have they left it too late? Uh, I think it's I think it's a combination of both. I think they left it too late. They dropped some games that they shouldn't have. Um, and then in saying that, you know, they, they drop a game to Newcastle, they get absolutely battered, and then they go down to Canberra and put 40 on the Raiders. So... Um, a really strange season for Manly, who I think, you know, once Tommy went down, they kind of conceded that their season was going to be over. So maybe let Daly Cherry Evans take his foot off the NRL to go and win a, an Origin Series. Um, but, yeah, I think if, you, if you're talking about Taniela Paseca and, and Josh Alloway out for a long period of time, that's a lot of go forward that you're going to miss. Like, Paseca is one of the... You know, if he's not top five prop in the competition, he's, he's making a case for it. And Josh Alloway, you know, whatever you think of him as a human being, that's your prerogative. Josh Alloway, the, the rugby league player, is actually a very, very handy rugby league player. Uh, Christian Tuipolotu, you know, he's just getting better every week. And as you said, Tommy Turbo, you don't think you can replace him, but Ruben Garrick hasn't put a foot out of place, you know, at all. So, um, yeah, I think, look, I, I definitely think that they've left their run a little bit too late and injuries are going to hurt them as well. One word answer. Will they play finals? No. One team that will play finals is the New Zealand Warriors, everyone's second favourite team. Look, this is a romantic story and I absolutely love it. I have put the words top four certainties. Have I jinxed it or or do you agree? Look, 
Our good friends, the Warriors, are sitting third place at the moment with a handy four and against boost uh, after belting Cronulla. Um, thank you, boys. Their run home is one of the more favourable draws that you'll you know you'll see. They play the Gold Coast Titans this weekend. You know who you would have thought that this would be a walkover for the Warriors, but a nice win over the Cowboys last week makes you think that they could be competitive. Although I think the Warriors have got too much in them in Adam Fanua Blake and the form of Sean Johnson, uh, who is my tip to win the Dally M this year. Um, and they then get the Tigers, which you know if they're if they're a top four certainty, they should be putting them aside. They get an injury ravaged Manly Warringah Seagulls. They take on the Dragons at home. And then they finish with the Dolphins up at Brisbane, where they were based. So that's five really, you know, they, well, that's 10 points there. You, you almost think that if they can win those games, are they are they top four certainties or are you talking about a top two? Who knows? Well, well, I'd say looking at that run home now, I'm going to echo your thoughts and say if they don't finish in the top four, something's gone really wrong. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And if you'd said that pre-season after, you know, a couple of blokes sitting on a lounge every Sunday night, tipped them to come last. But um, that's, that's two years that's in a row. That's twice, Dan. Twice. Last Cowboys year we beat the Cowboys. I'll <laughs> tell you what, if you want your team to play finals footy and get it in the top four spot, just, just to ask Dan and I to pick you to come last. All be sweet. But, uh, mate, I agree. I don't think you can, you cannot talk me out of it. Warriors all the way. I won't say up the was, but up the was. Now, Terry. Yes, Dan. If nothing else, we are but for the people. We're men of the people, you know. So what we've done is we've opened up the Zero Tackle Instagram late this afternoon, albeit, and we got flooded with questions. So what we've done is we picked three completely at random, as you'll see by the quality of said questions. But, uh, mate, what do you got? Uh, the first one comes from at Fred.Rankin underscore. Nico Hines isn't an origin-level player. Okay. Yeah, look, not much of a question, but um, like in terms of form, I think he'd be flat chat making the <laughs> New South Wales Cup Origin team. So, um, look, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think he will play Origin. I think he was hard done by an Origin one, and I think that so many people say, you know, these halfbacks can't play behind a beaten pack. You know, Jerome Law couldn't do this because his pack got beaten in Origin. Yet they bag Nico Hines and Cronulla arguably got the worst pack in the game. So I think it's a little, you know, in the middle. So I think if you put Nico in front of a pack that's going forward, I think he wins at M as he did last year. So I wouldn't quite agree, but now on form, yeah, it's hard to argue. I mean, on form, yeah, it's it, it's really, really hard to argue. But leading into Origin, he was up there with one of the best players in the competition. I think he missed the first three rounds of footy and was, um, you know, top five in the Dally M. So uh, I think he's an origin player. I think who isn't an origin person is Brad Fittler and you don't want him around these kinds of players again. I think if Nico Hines had been picked at six, New South Wales are probably lifting that shield at the moment, uh, not not laying all the blame on Jerome Luai, but he was pretty invisible for those two games. Um if not, if you're going to play him as a utility, you need to have a plan with him. We saw that he had no plan for Nico Hines in game one. He had no plan for uh, Clint Gutherson. But, uh, yeah, Fred, look, you raise a point, but no. Uh, the second one from at Jacob underscore Brown underscore, is there a possibility to fix the Rabbits' halves weakness by playing Whiten at 5'8 and Walker at halfback? I'll let you start with this one, Daniel. Um, yeah, go. 
I think the short answer is yes, but the long term, because Cody Walker's what, like 30-something now, so it's not like we're looking at a player. And, and, you know, Jack Whiten's not a spring chicken either. I think Lachlan Ilias has been earmarked as the long-term seven, so I don't think we'll see that. But I guarantee that if South start poorly next season, that that'll be the move very quickly. So short answer, yes, and I don't hate it. I think we will see it at one time, but I don't think it's the answer Overall, look when you when you kick off the season next year, uh, Jack White will be thirty one, and Cody Walker will be thirty four. Yeah. So, I know Cody Walker was a late bloomer, a la Nico Hines as well, um, but I I don't think so. I, I don't think that's the the answer for it because you can have two ball runners, and that's the same situation that you see at the moment with Nico Hines and Matt Moylan is you've got two ball runners and not enough kicking. Now, Jack Whiten's got a really, really nasty bomb on him, but he doesn't have the midfield uh, kicking game that you want. And Cody Walker isn't a renowned long kicker. So if you start, you know, if you come up against Penrith, who will pin you inside five tackles, you know, 30 metres, and you need to kick yourself out of trouble, you're going to find Dylan Edwards catching that ball on the 30 and returning it near the halfway line. I think you've got to... Go with Lachlan Ilias. What Jack White gives you out wide at centre is the opportunity to roam infield, um, as he does in Origin, and it, it gives you another attacking threat and more metres because if that ball's going out to Jack White, people are going to start backpedalling. You're going to make more metres. You've got a big forward pack. Lots of injuries to South Sydney. No Totola. I think I, I think I read something that said uh, Totola, Sele and Burgess had played five games together. If you put all those guys in there with Kalamatangi, who's had some injuries and origin as well, and Cam Murray, you get all those guys together with Lachlan Elias. He took them to a prelim last year and they were up 12-0 against Penrith. Exactly right, throwing Joe Arrow. So I think uh, we'll see it at some point, but I, I certainly wouldn't be relying on it, put it that way. Uh, ju- uh, so this one comes from at Phil Conran. Uh, Junior Paulo is actually the best goal kicker at Parramatta Eels. Ask him. Uh, look, I don't have his mobile number, um, so I'm not just going to dial him and ask him. Uh, look, at once upon a time, the, the story goes when it was uh, 16 all at Shark Park in the, in the pouring down rain and heavy winds. T. Wilton scored with 10 seconds to go. Was the game going to go to uh, Golden Point? Or was a, a kick going to be nailed to win it? Now, Nico Hines nailed the kick to win the game last year. But legend has it that CC Talakai walked up to Nico and said, are you right to take this or you want me to do it? We saw Talakai take a shot at goal this year and mm-hmm. it was awful. So if a forward or a forward centre or a prop is telling you they're the best goal kicker at the club, yeah, they're probably having you on. Yeah, look, if your name's not Craig Fitzgibbon or Corey Parker, we'll I think it's long odds. Yeah, yeah, look, there's a few of them now that we start. But, uh, look, I'd be uh, just between the two and a sideline kick for your life. I think I'm going with Mitch, mate. All the questions, all the mailbag, make sure you follow on Zero Tackle on Instagram to ask questions. You can also reach out to Dan and I on Twitter at SutherDan at Sharks Obsessed. Thank you, everyone, for... Uh, tuning into this first episode of the Knock On podcast. Uh, you can also catch Dan and I on weekly on Rugby League Outlaws where we talk all things NRL and uh, we also have the Fins Up podcast where we rant about how bad the Cronulla Sharks are this year. Dan, what's going on in your world? Well, look, obviously anyone who's looking for any, any news opinions, you know, breaking news, 
zero tackle is your place. Now, I just want to say that, you know, Monday, I've just picked two columns at random, Terry. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, the 20 thoughts, I think, are well-written and presented. Uh, a guy named Dan writes them every every Sunday night, so that Monday morning, um, you know, Scott, the editor, has told me he never has to edit anything. Edit anything. See, there you go. There's a Freudian slip for you. Uh, no spelling errors, no factual errors. So very, very good. And obviously the power rankings on a Tuesday morning. So make sure you jump on. But honestly, zero tackle for all your rugby league news. Get on, follow all the socials. And we'll see you next week. At Zero Tackle, all the latest news on zerotackle.com.